0: 30 because this is kind of a lead in to the rest of the chapter. So Jesus, or or verse 30, as he was saying these things, remember what those things were? I am the light of the world. And as he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. Now, in my real Bible, I have truly underlined right there. If you are my disciples, uh, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Pretty common, uh, popular verse, right? And Then they answered him. This is where it gets awkward. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you. This is when, like, mama comes out of the kitchen real, real angry. Or I ain't hating on men. Men may be in the kitchen too, right? Like, honey child, please. Like, this is when Jesus kind of gets, gets in their faces. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, then you'll be free indeed. I know that you're the offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father and you do do what you have heard from your father. Now, let me stop right there because I want you to see the cause and effect of, of, of what's going on here. The result of the claim of him being the light is to believe or reject. So you have two options from that claim. I am the light of the world. You either believe it or you reject it. There is no gray area. There is no uh, area that is can be like just kind of gray and middle. Well, maybe if this, then that. No, it's either you believe or you don't. And so Jesus is drawing this out. And so, And then the result of rejecting is eternal darkness. But the result of believing in him is abiding in his word. And it keeps going. The result of abiding in his word is a disciple. And the result of abiding in his word is knowing the truth. And I just want to suggest that as a result of this text that we just read, Jesus is exposing a couple things. He may be asking a question and he's exposing something. Are you a slave to sin or are you a disciple? Jesus here is wanting to give us a good biblical definition of what it means to be a disciple. And he's doing this in efforts to reveal your identity. He wants you to know who you are in him. That's Jesus' purpose. I got a little ring in this thing so you may can just pull this back just a little bit there. Thank you, Holmes. Now let's... (laughs) I don't know why I call people Holmes. Now let me just talk through what this means, to abide in his word, right? What does that mean, to abide in his word? Because true faith abides in Christ's word. To abide means to continue in, to not depart from. Hence, we are to continue in our walk with the Lord. Now, the problem is obvious here because some of these Christians, and I do the air quotes there, are not disciples because listen to what he said because it's implied here to be truly my disciples. So in other words, it is very possible to be truly a disciple and just say you're a disciple and not be a disciple at all. So Jesus is giving us this right here. It is incredibly possible for you to be a true disciple and for you to say you're a disciple, but not to be a disciple at all. And so Jesus is about to attack their view of what it means to be a disciple. And he does this by saying, listen, if you are, if you are of me, then you're going to abide in my word. So you're going to rest in his word. You're going to continue into his word, you're gonna be a study or you're gonna be a doer of his word. Now let me say this about reading the word of God. If you're reading the word of God, which is the word, if you're reading the word of God and you're trying to find something in it for yourself, then you're not reading it correctly. You ought to be reading the scripture to find someone in it. Because when you're reading the scripture, you will find someone, and it don't matter if it's in Genesis or in Revelation, that someone that you will find is Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus says, if you'll abide in my word. Now, here's where it gets a little complicated because he does not say, if you imbi- if you abide in my words. He says, no, if you abide in my word. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you abide in the sum total of all that I have been saying. And if you hold to that truth, what is that? All right, so that's then my question. So what is the word? What's the word that he's telling you to abide in? I mean, he's been saying it the whole time. I am the lie of the world. I am the bread of life. I'm that living water that you're looking for, Samaritan woman. So he's telling us to abide in his word is to abide in. In Jesus is to see Him rightly for who He really is. That's what it means to abide in the sum total of His teachings, and His teachings is pointing us back to the deity and the claim, Jesus, that I am the light of the world. That's what it means to abide. Now, here's where it gets even more complicated. So if you abide, In the Word of God, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, truth is interesting, particularly in our day and time, because people believe that truth is absolute, right? Because it's all wrapped in. To what an individual how they view truth okay and that what culture teaches you that the truth is it's it's how you view it and they believe that there is no absolute truth this may seem confusing but in essence if truth is relative then isn't that an absolute truth Okay, some of your rhymes just went. What are you talking about? We believe what we want to believe. That truth is not concrete to anyone. That's what culture tells you. And many of you have bought into that. But Jesus is saying, There's only one truth, and I'm about to lay down this absolute truth. And absolute truth means it's concrete, you cannot deny it. And so Jesus, in their faith, is saying, Abide in my word. And here's the absolute truth. You'll experience freedom from being a slave to sin. Now, that's the truth he's talking about. And that is absolute truth. That is what distinguishes you, brothers and sisters, from being a follower of Christ. than to be a follower of what Jesus is about to tell him of Satan. <laughs> now, this conversation is about to get really, really crazy. Because Jesus and these people, I mean, it's about to get really, really heated. So Jesus here is laying out, all right, if you want to be free from the bondage, from the spiritual bondage of slavery, then you have to recognize and believe in the absolute truth that I am God. That's all that Jesus is saying here. Now, I know that that was a little heavy, but it's it going to be all right. Because now it's about to get really quick, right? in here, okay? Now, listen to what he says. So, you'll be free from the bondage of slavery, and they get really, really offended by this. So they say, (laughs) so this is what Jesus just said, like, you're all slaves of sin, I'm the way. Abide in me, know me. I am that which the prophets have been talking about. I am that which Everything has been written about. I'm the guy. You're a slave to sin. And so they go, oh, no, 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 Jesus. You don't know us. We related to old Abraham. (laughs) Now, here's what they just did. They're trying to use their inherited privilege. Although we're we're morally good people. You don't you don't know me. Father Abraham, I'm his descendant. I have inherited privilege, Jesus. Who do you think you are? I mean so they they got really offended. How can we be a slave to sin if Father Abraham is my relative? Like I I am a good Person Jesus, how dare you say that I am a slave to sin? But Jesus wants to thin the herd. Y'all know Jesus is all about doing that. He all about just dropping grenades in crowds. I'm like, we're going to say who my real followers are. (laughs) Every single one of y'all are slaves to sin unless you abide in me. Which should let us know Jesus is not about huge followings. I would suggest that He's more concerned about a few faithful people. Yeah. Now, following Jesus—that is so counterculture. We want big numbers. We even that's that's leaked in churches of America. We want to we just sign on the dotted line and you're a member of the church just because we want to look good, so let's be, have big numbers. There's even this big movement on social media where people want to be social media influencers. Yeah, I just want to be a full-time blogger. <laughs> I don't want a real job. I just want everybody to know my life. <laughs> I want all these followers on Instagram. And then like we get all, get all bent out of shape when we lose one follower. Like, oh no, my life. <laughs> how we view followers is not how Jesus views them. Because followers in the eyes of men and women is numbers, numbers, numbers. Followers in the eyes of Jesus is, let's decrease the crowd and let me get some few faithful folks are willing to abide in me, who are willing to put themselves to death for my name's sake. So one of those hard teachings of Jesus. And if I'm in the crowd, I'm with Brother Man who just stood up. Hey, like, brother, you don't know me. I Father Abraham they even wrote a song about it. <laughs> and that's my that that's that's my fam, homie. Every one of you are singing that song in your head right now. Don't start it. What they were more interested in is being connected to their privilege, connected to tradition. But what Jesus was more interested in them is he wanted them to be connected to him. That's it. And it's so offensive to them. So so y'all watch this now. Verse 30, and many believed, and now many are second-guessing. They're like, uh, ah, he just called me a slave. He don't know me. Now, here's where it gets really, really crazy. They answered him, Abraham is my father. Jesus said to them, well, if if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. <laughs> You're doing the work your father did. Oh, no, no, no. And then they said to him, y'all look at this shade they throw in. We were born, we, we were not born of sexual immorality. Whew. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, God, were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I'm here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand that I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. (laughs) Your dad is the devil. (laughs) And your will is to do the devil's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth to him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. I cannot overstate how hot the temperature of God is. Just then, if you think Jesus was throw, throwing some some heavy shade to him, <laughs> yeah, here's what they're viewing Jesus as. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, Jesus, you're cute. Mm-hmm, you think you you're clever. Talking about we ain't got our father's the devil. Okay, well, well, you you're a half breed. And 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 um, not only that, your mother who had this encounter with God. Yeah, okay. Y'all see what they're doing? Bro, you don't even know who your real daddy is. And you going to tell me that our daddy is Abraham? Hmm. Now this is where the grenade gets gets launched, alright? This is where moms and dads will be like, come on, honey, get the kids. We see y'all. Y'all handle this on your own. Y'all let me know. Call me. Y'all ever been in one of those conversations or one of those arguments? If you haven't, just go to Kroger. I swear to you, no offense, I swear to you, every time I go to Kroger, something weird happens. This one Sunday night, I was in my car and Marina was in her. She had the kids and I'm like, hey, just meet me at Kroger so we can all do this together. So I ain't got to do this by myself. So we get there. We're in our cars. We're coming out. I'm, I'm putting the bags in. And it got the kids up and all of a sudden I see this, I see this weird car. It had kind of lodged itself in between a car and a pole. It was a stick shift. And this kid had just bought this car. And the car that it was lodged beside was also a brand new car. Both with not even the tags on it yet. And all of a sudden, that lady come out of Kroger. And she says some really weird, she says some really bad stuff. And she's shaking her fist and she's yelling. I look at Murn and I say, Get the kids in the car and leave right now. <laughs> it was one of those weird situations. It was awkward and tense. Now, me, I'm like, I gotta stay and watch. <laughs> Make sure Murn and the kids are safe, but I'm staying and watching because I gotta see this fight. That is so wicked in me. Y'all pray. This kid had parked his car, but apparently he didn't put it on his emergency brake because of stick shift. And it had conveniently rolled just at the right spot to be lodged between this one car and a pole. And then the man came out. And then I grabbed them jokers because they were college students. I said, y'all listen to me very carefully. Lynette people are crazy. (laughs) They will kill every single one of y'all. This is the God honest truth. I said, so y'all should keep your mouth shut and let the police work it out. This was awkward. And this was just one of those situations where I was like, I may even die. I don't know. It's just weird. Think about the most awkward conversation you've ever been a part of and multiply it by like a billion. This is what's happening here. When Jesus drops that grenade, your daddy's the devil. And then they drop it back to him. and like, no, 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 no. You ain't even got no daddy. I mean, it's just insane what's going on in this passage. Because Jesus wants to thin the herd and find out who's really willing to follow him. He's letting them know their identity, and right now it's not looking too good for them. So let's keep reading, because he's gracefully going to try to get them back in. And the Jews answered him, "Mm -mm -mm. are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? So not only now is is he a bastard child, but now he's demon possessed. And this is what they are arguing. So now you Samaritan, you got a demon. So Jesus answered, I don't have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. If I'm Jesus at this point, I'm striking a lightning bolt at him. On all y'all. Thank God I'm not Jesus. Amen. But I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it. He is the judge. Truly, truly. There we go with that. Truly, truly again. I say to you, here's the, here's the off ramp for them. Here's the grace in Jesus. Look at it. If anyone keeps my word, you won't see this death. You won't be enslaved to sin anymore. That's the grace in Jesus right there. All right? Because he didn't have to say it again, but he did because he's here to seek and save some lost people. You'll never see death. The Jews said to him, mm, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died. As did the prophets, yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father, Abraham, who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me. Of whom you say he is our God. (laughs) But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar just like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Now look at this. The Jews said to him, You're not even 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Translation, ego, i me. Just the same word that he used to identify himself. Moses said, God, yeah, but who am I going to tell him? And send me. And the voice came and said, ego, i I am. And then they picked up their stones and they were ready to throw him. You know why? Because this is the most incredible claim of the deity of Jesus that he ever gives in the Gospels. Everyone, if you missed it with the light conversation, if you missed it with the bread conversation, then everybody would have got it by now. Before Abraham, whoa, now, Hoss. <laughs> blasphemous. He's just if his claim is false, he just committed blasphemy, which is a crime punishable to death. So if he is who he is, who, who he, if he is not who he says he is, he deserves to be stoned. They Pick up the stones and Jesus went all ninja on them. Poof. That's not what the text says, but that's, that's what happens in my mind here you got this smear campaign going on by the Jews. You're a half-breed. You're a Samaritan. You're a dog. You're demon-possessed. Now they're questioning the paternity of Jesus. And Jesus isn't having none of this. And he gives them the most assertive claim of of his deity that you can get. And I want you to look at the verb tense of this. Sorry for all of you who thought you were out of school for the weekend. Look at what he says. Before Abraham, what's the verb tense of that? Oh, come on, teachers. Past, thank you. Now, he could have said, I was, and used the same past tense verb as he did to describe Abraham. But he didn't. He says, I am. And this gives us a better look, this translation of just saying, I be. Now, you'll be like, wait a minute, he didn't go all hood on then, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. He didn't say, before Abraham, I was, because that would have given them the past tense. That, this is what the Jehovah's Witness claim, by the way. They insert that word, he was, because this gives them the idea that he was at some point a created being. And they believe it was Michael, the archangel, which is pretty stupid. (laughs) Wow. Um, Because it wasn't blasphemous to say you're an angel. So what are they going to do? kill you because you're saying you're an angel? They didn't do that. So it wasn't I was. He's using the present tense. I am or a better way to say this. I be who I be. I is who I is. Because he wasn't. I was, neither is he, I will be. And the reason is, and this gets a little complicated, so you just got to tune in for a second. This is because Jesus Christ transcends all of time. So simultaneously, he's telling Moses that I be who I be, also telling these people, before Abraham, I be who I be. I be the light of the world. All right, now I know that sounds like grammatically like incorrect. Like I did just go all West Point on y'all. <laughs> I be the light of the world, but that's what he's saying, because he transcends all of time. Because time cannot control and contain him. Yeah. He steps outside of time. Because if he had to be managed by time, then he perhaps would not be God. Time would be God. Yeah. And so he uses this in a way. That just blows their minds and just is so offensive to them. Oh, now you are Abraham? What significance does this have? That if he is who he says he is, then there is a way out for you. That's the relevance of this today. You want to know what a true disciple looks like? You see Jesus for who he really is. Do you want to know if you are following after Christ, if you are a follower of Christ? you want to know if you are a disciple of Christ? And let me say this about being a disciple of Christ. That does not necessarily mean that you have graduated to the next level of Christianity. It isn't Christian, then disciple, and then disciple maker. No, you you are a disciple. The moment of regeneration when Christ saves you, you are a disciple. You don't graduate towards it. And if you want to know, this test that Jesus gives them, and I believe that it's resounding to us today, the test of, are you a disciple of Christ? Is do you see Jesus for who he really is? Jesus is giving them the true identity of a disciple. Do you see Jesus for who he really is? That's incredible. Because if you see Jesus for who he really is, You don't have to be a slave to the things of this world. You can experience the freedom. Now, let me say this about freedom. Freedom isn't independence like we celebrate in America, right? We celebrate independence. And honestly, it's, I do what I want to do. Now, there are boundaries, there are rules and laws, but it's the idea the culture wants to tell you that you have your freedom, you have your independence, you do you. But that's not the freedom that Jesus is talking about. Because freedom in Jesus isn't independence from God. Freedom in Christ means that you're dependent on Jesus. That is a huge difference than what our world teaches us today. Oh, you got freedom? Oh, you do what you do. You do whatever you want to do. But true freedom in Christ, you want to to experience true freedom? You want to know if you're a real disciple? You follow Jesus. You become dependent on Jesus. Abide in his word that he is God. And this is our off-ramp to the bondage of sin because if he is who he says he is, then that's good news for us because for those of us who have not experienced that freedom, then that means that Jesus Christ, God incarnate in flesh, took on the wrath that you and I deserved. Removed the bondage of slavery and sin and imparted onto you and I the freedom of Christ. That's why this is radical news for us. This is relevant for you and I today just as much as it was for these listeners. And you have two options this morning, friends. You find your identity in who Christ says that you are or you find your identity in who the father of lies says you are. You remain sons and daughters of Satan or you remain a son and daughter of the king. Church, This is not a call to nominal Christianity. This is a call to die to yourself. This is a call to lay your agenda down. This is a call to rest. This is a call to abide. This is a call to dwell, to live in who Jesus is. That's what this is. This is not a call for us to live our lives Going on as if the things of eternity do not matter. This is a call. This is an eternal call for us to live our lives through the lens of Jesus. Let's pray, Father.